This podcast is brought to you by Life Mastery Course. Get 90% off enrollment today at livewellacademy.com. Welcome to the Toastmasters Podcast, the official podcast of Toastmasters International. Hello, everybody. This is Greg Gazin, and welcome to another episode of the Toastmasters Podcast. We have an exciting guest today, Christine Clapp. She's the author of Presenting at Work, a guide to public speaking in professional contexts, and the president of Spoken with Authority, a Washington, D.C.-based presentation skills consultancy. Through training programs and coaching engagements, Christine and her team help professionals at law firms, corporations, associations, and nonprofits build the confidence to connect and the capacity to lead. Christine is a longtime member of Toastmasters International, earning her Distinguished Toastmaster designation in 2008 and has been contributing articles to the Toastmaster magazine for a decade. And that's why we're speaking with Christine today. Welcome, Christine, to the Toastmasters podcast. Thank you for having me. I read your article in the March issue of the Toastmaster magazine, Yoga and Public Speaking. It just resonated. And interestingly enough, you mentioned in your article that you came across this totally by accident. Just tell us a little bit about how you fell upon this topic. I was doing a program at a law firm, and after it ended, it was a program on executive presence or presentation delivery, and a participant came up to me afterward and said, so much of what you talked about today really dovetailed with my work as a yoga instructor. She was an attorney by day and a yoga instructor mornings, evenings, and weekends, and it was really interesting because I myself have practiced yoga for a decade and it had never come to my attention. I never thought about the two as being related, but this woman and I chatted for a while and I had a longer train ride home from Philadelphia back to Washington, D.C. And I thought about it and I realized she's right. There's a lot of overlap between the two. It's funny because my knowledge of yoga is really somewhat limited. I mean, I know it's a little bit about breathing and slowly contorting parts of your body, which is supposed to make you relax and feel better. But I couldn't quite see how does this totally apply to to speaking? That's a great question. So the areas of overlap that I think are really important between yoga and public speaking, one is your breath. So in yoga, the focus is on being aware of your breath and oftentimes increasing the depth of your breathing. And breath is so important as a public speaker. If you don't breathe, it's hard to have great vocal quality. It will increase your level of nervousness. So I do think that breath is an important calming and centering activity, both for yoga, like we talked about mindfulness practice, which is often related to yoga, and also for public speaking. I think it's also important to think about presence. So in yoga, the courses I've taken, instructors I've worked with, they always really want you to think about what you're doing at this very moment in time without thinking about what you did for breakfast or what you have to do in your to-do list later in the day. And I think that's important for public speaking as well because it's not important for your speech to be absolutely perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect speech. But sometimes we get so wrapped into the small details that we lose focus of being in the moment with our audience. And that is where connection happens. And that's where influence happens. Whether you're trying to inspire people, persuade people, inform people, 
build connection with people is where it's at. And you have to be in the moment to do that. It can't be too focused on my slides, my body language, my gestures. You have to be focused on that connection with the audience. And that presence in the moment is also what makes someone effective at practicing yoga. You can't be thinking about something else at the moment. Uh, I also mentioned posture in the article. I think posture is a really important element for public speaking. For anyone who's watched Amy Cuddy's TED Talk on body language or read her book called Presence, you know that the way we carry ourselves is not only important to the way that we are communicating our level of confidence to our audience, but it's also important to our experience of confidence internally. So if you stand with a nice open posture, you look confident to your, your audience and you feel more confident yourself. And that focus on posture is also really important in yoga. It's very fundamental. It's not important to twist or contort in ways if you are not in good posture or good form. You only want to go as as far as your body is accessible in certain postures, and you have to have that posture piece right. You, you don't want to compromise that posture in order to, quote, unquote, get into a position. That's not the goal of yoga. You have to maintain that great posture throughout, even if that means, oh, maybe not going quite as far in a certain posture. And I think that's also relevant in terms of public speaking is really maintaining that great alignment, having a stable stance being calm, being purposeful with the way that you're moving in the room, not moving in distracting ways, fidgeting, pacing, all important things to be aware of so that you can come across as commanding the room. And then lastly, I think probably the most important thing that I recognize as a link between yoga and public speaking is acceptance. You know, some speeches, it's an off day, it's an off performance, and you want to recognize that it's about the practice of public speaking or the practice of yoga, the fact that you're getting on a mat and doing yoga or you're getting on a stage or in front of your club and practicing public speaking. It's not necessarily a linear progression. Some days they'll go back and the question is not, do I need to quit public speaking or why did I regress? You need to ask yourself, oh, what was it that I can learn from? What about the environment? What about the situation? And just accepting that some days are great, some days are harder, and it's about getting back on the yoga mat or getting back up at the lectern, no matter how great or no matter how challenging the last practice of your craft was. So those were your those are your four tips. I'm trying to ask you a little bit about each one of those. Sure. You talked about breath, and I know quite often when you're getting feedback from your evaluators or from your mentors are saying, you forget to breathe, Greg, you got to actually breathe, right? You get so nervous and you're anxious. But in your article, you mentioned that the way you breathe or your breath can actually change your voice. How so? Mm -hmm. And I can actually demonstrate this for you. The way that you breathe really does impact the quality of your voice. One exercise that we do with our clients or with our workshop participants is to have them say something more at the top of their throat without a deep breath. So something like Toastmasters magazine. And then we have them take a deep breath, stand really tall, get that great posture, breathe in Toastmasters magazine. And you could just hear my voice. It's deeper. It's more resonant. It has a very different quality. When you are speaking, it's important to get down to that low part of your voice down to the diaphragm rather than speaking up here at the throat 
it allows you to speak much louder, allows you to really save your voice. If you're speaking up here, it's harder on your vocal cords. When you speak down below, you can project much more effectively for a much longer period of time. And it's just simply easier for people to hear you. That lower, more resonant spectrum is easier for people to catch, especially people are older or if they are hearing impaired, they have a harder time hearing that higher range of voices. So the lower, deeper, louder you can get, the more effective you'll be as a speaker, and that's all dependent on having great breath. Excellent. It sort of reminds me of an actual f physical speaker, the speaker box, the things that output sound. If you put it against an item or if you have a larger speaker cabinet, you get that more deeper voice type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you also mentioned that the slow breath promotes being present. How physically, what's going through your mind when that's happening? When you are breathing you cannot be speaking. When you breathe, you need to breathe in through your nose. If you're breathing in through your mouth, you are going to dry out your mouth and it's going to be harder to speak effectively. The nose is meant for breathing, which is a little gross, but it's why we have mucus so that we can <laughs> take the air without drying out. Your mouth doesn't have that. It's not meant to function in the same way. When you breathe in deeply, then it forces you to have those pauses and those pauses are where you can be in the moment and be present and have that connection with your listeners. When you are rushing, when you are getting to the next thing, when you are trying to be done, that's when connection doesn't happen. So much happens in the pauses or the silence of presentations. It's when a lot of nonverbal communication takes place between speaker and listener. And if we're not allowing for those pauses, we'll miss that opportunity to be present to be in connection with our audience and to adapt based on what we are getting in terms of verbal and nonverbal communication from our audience in those pauses. That's interesting. I always encourage people to record their speeches. Video is ideal, but at least audio. And I'm thinking the next time I give a speech, I'm going to record that and make sure I don't only have a microphone, but making sure I have a lav mic and then go back and watch every single movement and every breath I take. Yeah, one of, one of the warning signs that you are not breathing, a couple warning signs that you're not breathing or you are doing it with your mouth open, if you're not breathing, you are probably, when you do get to a breath, or you might run out of steam at the end of a sentence that may be a sign that you have these very long sentences without adequate breath. So listen for breathiness or losing control or having that decrease in volume, breathiness at the end of sentences. Another cue that you can pay attention to in terms of not breathing properly is when you are using words between sentences, um, ah, uh, like, so, now. Those filler words are often used as a replacement for deep breath. Oh, interesting. Never thought of that. I'm thinking if you're not breathing, you have more serious problems than speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, for posture, how do you know if your body is properly aligned? In terms of posture, one of the things you want to ask yourself is, am I making myself smaller in any way? And if you start with your feet, if your feet are close together or crossed, that's generally making yourself smaller than you should be. You want your feet to be nice and wide. In terms of your 
arms? Am I clasping? Am I at my waist? Am I clasping down lower? We call that the fig leaf. Am I clasping my arms behind my back? You want your hands to be at your sides as a neutral position, or you want those hands to be away from you as you are gesturing. And instead of having small little gestures, if you're in front of a larger audience, you want to get those elbows away from your body so the gestures are more easy to discern and you look more calm and big to have those big gestures. And with your shoulders, if those shoulders are rounding over rather than nice and tall. In yoga, another posture link with yoga is sometimes the yoga instructor will tell you to breathe into your back and that will cause your heart to open, your chest to open and that chest to rise up. That's exactly what you want to do as you're taking your position as a public speaker and that will help increase your ability to breathe and project loudly. And also your head, especially now that many of us are looking at devices all day long, whether it's a computer, a tablet, or a phone, we have a tendency to jet our chin out. You want to put your, an exercise everyone can do just listening right now is where you're sitting, put your index finger on your nose, then leave your finger exactly where it is, but pull that chest up and pull your chin in and stand very tall. Like you have a string going from the crown of your head to the ceiling. Your finger is probably inches away from your nose now. And that's an example of how when we hunch over, make ourselves smaller, that's not ideal for our posture. So think about that nice, tall, open posture, even with your head. I'm doing it as we speak. Yeah, my finger's away from my nose. <laughs> yeah. And the last one, acceptance. What's the biggest challenge you found with for people with acceptance? Sometimes after you give a speech, there are three speeches. And you may have heard this before. There's the speech you plan, the speech you give, and the speech you wish you would have given. And the only speech that you have is the speech that was delivered. And you have to accept that not to say that you can't reflect and try to identify ways to improve it. It's also the same thing with yoga. There's the body you have, the body you used to have, the body you might want in the future. And at any given point in time, you only have the body that you have or the speech that you have, and you have to own that and accept it. It's okay to have days where your speech or your yoga practice is less developed than what it was last week. That happens to all of us. It happens to us because we might be feeling sick or we might be sore or we might have a lot on our plate and stressed out. There's any number of reasons. And again, it's okay to reflect on those and try to set yourself up for more success the next time. But you also should recognize that what you are today is enough and that you should try 110%. And if that means you're never going to do a handstand in yoga, that's okay. If that means in public speaking, you are never going to be able to memorize an entire speech like a TED-style speaker and not have a note with you, that's okay too. Just because you can't do a handstand doesn't mean yoga isn't a beneficial practice and that you're not a good yogi. And giving a speech without any notes at all, memorizing it word for word, doesn't mean that that means you're an ineffective public speaker. There's a lot of value in what you have today. We want you to practice your yoga, your public speaking to the fullest and not lament what it isn't, but celebrate what it is and do your absolute best to connect with yourself in yoga and connect with your audience in public speaking.
just realizing that you're not necessarily 100%, but you can still strive. You're not going to strive for perfection, but at least work towards excellence. Christine, you've made this great connection. You had this epiphany. You connected yoga and public speaking. For yourself, what are you doing differently, and how has this helped you become a better speaker? One of the reasons why practicing yoga has made me a better public speaker is because it has taught me that it requires patience to improve. And improvements can be very, very small. For years, I've been trying to do headstands. And I finally, a few years ago, was able to do a tripod headstand. And I was working toward doing a headstand where your hands are cradling your head and you're up there in a slightly less supported way. And it's taken me several years. And just on Monday, I was able to get into that posture comfortably into that headstand that's more advanced. And it took years to get there, but finally it's there. And a lot of times for public speakers, when we give them suggestions on how to improve, at first, it feels very uncomfortable or unsupported or unfamiliar, which is just like trying to do a headstand or something new in yoga. But what we tell our speakers is that you have to give it time, just like putting on a pair of Italian leather shoes and they're stiff and they're uncomfortable at first. If you wear them and wear them and, and you practice and you practice and you have patience, eventually they're going to be this beautifully soft, perfectly molded to your foot shoe it just takes time. And the same thing with public speaking is that it may take you lots and lots and lots of times to get comfortable using PowerPoint or having a more open stance or not standing behind the lectern. Just keep going at it. Take baby steps. And with that patience, with that repetition, eventually you will see gains. It will, may not be overnight, but you will see those improvements. So, Christine, this has been a lot of great food for thought. And in fact, I've had the opportunity of digesting it, pardon the pun, a little bit ahead of time, having read the article and thought things through before our call. Now, for people who are listening right now, there's a lot being thrown thrown at them. I'm thinking of the audience. There's all the basic stuff that we need to know for our speeches. We were working on our gestures and our vocal variety. And we're thinking about our content and we're thinking about our audience. Now we seem to be adding this one other level of complexity yet realizing that it's something that's very important. So for someone who is hearing this, now wants to make some changes, what's a starting point for them? I would start with breathing. And the reason for that is because having really great breath control, it's something that can help with your posture. When you breathe in deeply, it forces you to stand taller and it's giving you those pauses to think and to connect and to be present. So I really do think that breath, just like in yoga, is a. some yoga teachers will say, if you sit here or lay down the entire yoga class and you breathe deeply and have awareness of your breath, that's success. You don't have to move your body anywhere else. For some, just really focusing on breathing, I think would be a great place to start as how to implement this into their public speaking practice. Great. Christine, thank you very much for spending the time. I'm feeling better already. I'm going to be breathing a little bit differently. I already started with my posture. If people want to find you, how can they get a hold of you or how can they find you or how can they find your book? Thanks, Greg. The book is at presentingatwork.com 
if you would like to connect with my team and me, you can reach us by email at info at spokenwithauthority.com. I'm also on Twitter at Christine Clapp, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-C-L-A-P-P. Christine Clapp, thank you very much for being on the program today. Thank you so much. It was great to speak with you. If your life is perfect, stop the podcast now. Still with me? Great. I've put together an intensive online course on life mastery at livewellacademy.com. Based on decades of research and experience, I invite you to participate at 90% off the release date rate while I complete all the lessons with the expected completion by the end of 2019. At livewellacademy.com, you will learn how to really connect with others, the tricks of having a strong relationship, what you need to know about your health and staying fit, how to increase your overall well-being, how to be a better person, how to be a responsible member of society through improving your critical thinking skills, how to be more creative, how to sell, how to handle money and make more of it, learn about all the major religions of the world, learn about getting a job and creating one, learn about success and how to achieve it, and more. This course is a result of the continued research that suggests that adults in the United States today are woefully unprepared for today's social and professional environment. People struggle with effective communication, relationships, weight and health issues, depression, life purpose, achievement, discerning fact from fiction, selling ideas to others, earning enough to live comfortably, finding jobs, and overall peace of mind. These are problems that get in the way of living a happy and fulfilling life when one's energy is spent on just trying to get by. This course addresses each of those problems and many more with the goal of helping you avoid those problems while focusing on what energizes you most. By the end of the course, you will be on the right track to designing the life you want to live and living it well. Register today at livewellacademy.com while the 90% discount lasts.